At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books to talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on the Riftwake podcast, as well as a D&D enthusiast. And today's topic is restraints. So, Mitch, what am I talking about when I mention the word restraints? Uh, that thing me and one of my ex-girlfriends used. Yeah, all right, fair enough. You do you, my friend. <laughs> that was her job at the time. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> she did me, not me, me did. Moving on! Anyway, restraints. It is not common, but not uncommon, for various situations to happen in a D&D game where you need to just tie someone up. They need to be restrained. However, the how and just the methods available to do so are surprisingly misunderstood a lot of the time in terms of just what you can really do and how you're actually supposed to. So before I just start going down a list, uh, Mitch, can you tell me any of the methods that you're aware of on how to restrain someone? Manacles, rope. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm sure there's more. All right. Probably a there spell. Are. Yeah, a number of them. In I mean, fact. control person probably works pretty good. Mm. I mean, that's not a spell, but okay. Charm person. Whatever. <laughs> uh, it's tired. I've been awake 30 minutes. <laughs> Fair enough. I do appreciate you. <sighs> but you are correct, though. The easiest, most basic ways, though, are indeed just manacles and rope. And even that is something that a lot of people don't really know how to deal with. For example, starting with manacles. Okay, two gold. Metal strains can bind a smaller medium creature, uh, can escape with a successful... DC 20 dexterity check 
or break them with a DC 20 strength check. Each manacle comes with one key. Without a key, a creature proficient with Thieves' Tools can pick the lock with a successful DC 15 dex check. They have 15 hit points. Okay, do you see a few key things missing from that? Mm, no. Okay, so first things first, they have 15 hit points. They're not given an AC, so by the rules of uh, you know destruction of objects in 5th edition, it's supposed to have an AC and hit points. So how hard is it to actually hit manacles to try to break them? We don't know. That's It's not actually given for them, which is irksome. But then besides that, it says that escape is a DC 20 dexterity check. Is that sleight of hand? Is that a flat dexterity check? What does that actually mean? Because for a lot of other things, they would put like dexterity parenthesis sleight of hand for talking about how to do a thing. And then the same thing for the strength check. It doesn't say athletics, even though the athletic skill is, by definition, doing an act of strength. So as a DM, how might one choose to interpret these rules? Schmidt? That's the... Yeah, exactly. Eh? That uh, honestly is an acceptable answer. Because it is up to the DM, do you choose to interpret that as... Okay, it's not a check with a normal skill that it is just a flat dexterity check because that's what it says. You can choose to interpret it that way. That is just that specifically. So like if you have a 16 dexterity, then you would just roll a d20 plus 3 and that would be that. You could go with that. You could also choose to say that, okay, no, that is very obviously a sleight of hand check by my interpretation of things. So you just roll a sleight of hand check, whatever that number may be. So I'll be honest, I personally go with the latter. However, can you think of any potential problem with me choosing to actually use a skill with proficiency for this? Kind of makes it easy to get out, right? It makes it a lot easier to get out of. Because again, while a DC 20 might sound like a relatively difficult number to achieve, like it's, it's not actually that hard to reach. Because I mean, if you have... Okay, like let's take a rogue as an example, and let's just say that they've got uh, you know, sixteen decks, which is decent. But then they decided, wait, you know, I'm a rogue, so I put my expertise into sleight of hand. So that would mean they'd have a plus three for their dexterity, but then for expertise, they would also have plus four at level one. So that would give them a plus seven to their sleight of hand at level one. So that gives them a 7 and 20. Yeah, that's actually a really good chance. That's pretty much just a one-third chance of getting out. And like, if you consider that that is the standard for manacles and the only listed numbers for manacles, that's not ideal, to be blunt. And honestly, it's even... Worse if you consider just tying someone up in rope, because, well, this may come as a shock, but turns out that metal is stronger than rope. So if you just use a regular hemp rope, that is able to just get broken with a DC 17 strength check. So in that case, uh, someone who is particularly strong, 
like let's say you know they've got that same 16 foot for strength now training in athletics so okay that's still only a plus five to an athletics check at level one but again that's still they only need to roll a 12 or higher to succeed at busting out of the ropes that's damn near 50 50 that really isn't actually hard to do not to mention the fact that even if you have someone who has no training or no particular talent in a skill, like even with manacles, because it's a DC 20, as long as the person doesn't have a negative, they still have a chance to slip out or break it on a crit. So I don't know about you, but I know for a fact that I just am flat out nowhere near strong enough to break manacles even on my best day my wrists will break first honestly i feel like 15 hp is uh really low for manacles too see that's where things get even more confusing because if you consider okay is it supposed to have a high ac to make it hard to represent that it's hard to actually damage and then it just has that you know average number of hit points just because of the fact that it's not like a particularly large quantity of metal. Like for perspective's sake, rope only has two hit points. So yeah, that seems low. Yeah. But on the other hand, it makes sense though that like, you know, with a good short sword or just any kind of sharp implement, you know, you can just cleave through a one inch thick rope, you know, damn near instantly. So I can understand the rope a little bit more. But again, the lack of actually telling you how hard it is to damage like this is why i miss hardness from earlier editions of dnd that is just how resistant to damage is the thing instead of just how hard is it to hit but that's not a thing in fifth edition but that's something that i have talked about in the past so that rant is already out there but that being all said like that is the non-magical items that exist in order to potentially restrain someone. So again, before we touch anything magical, boy, that's a out of context sentence right there. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Can you think of any potential improvements or just any potential problems with these non-magical options? Uh, I mean, make them a little challenging shit. <laughs> yeah, so that honestly is the first thing that you can do. Because again, the things that are shown in all D&D books is, you know, the default, the normal versions of things. There is nothing that would stop a dungeon master from just making up more interesting versions. So for something like manacles, what would be the obvious next step up you mean besides like higher dc yeah no like that is one of that is the first obvious one you just have a bigger one or have a stronger one however you like decide to define it but you just have some form of heavy manacles for example so okay so you can just make up that you know there's another version or another option that you could do is to just have other methods to just make the dc higher so one that I come up with, like, you know how a lot of the time in like movies depicting medieval t period, 
how they might show someone that has just manacles on their wrists, but then they might also have like the long chain where they have like a shackle on both ankles, the wrists and the neck all together and all connected by chain. Mm -hmm. So yeah, have one, have that just be a thing that exists because it did and it would. And if you have something like that, then okay, all of a sudden, instead of just two, you know, shackles that you've got on your wrists, you suddenly have five things to contend with, which means it might take multiple checks to get out, which would definitely slow them down. It might have just a higher DC because it's just more metal and you also don't have the leverage just to be able to break such or escape such nearly as easily. So even before touching magic, you could just use history and logic to just make better versions of things. And that would be real, real easy for any DM to just make and implement in their own world. So before we move on to magic, there's honestly still more to talk about just on the mundane side. So, okay. So I've talked about just having more rings. Can you see, or can you think of any potential weakness for just making use of just variations of manacles? Mm, no. Okay. How about if I ask the question, what is a magic user able to do if they are manacled? Oh, well, you still use their hands to cast. Right. <laughs> if you still have the ability to just wave your hands enough to do the uh, somatic components of a spell, well... People trying to catch you are kind of shit out of luck. And honestly, like in a D&D world just where there's any known quantity of magic users, you'd think that people would not be idiots and would have plans for such. So can you think of any ways to just make it more difficult for a magic user? Some sort of glove thing? Keep them from moving their hands? Yeah, very good. Or even like a Chinese finger trap? <laughs> yeah, very good ideas. So that actually is something that I've made use of for my own world, which is the idea of just having uh like I I call them either iron hands or colloquially magicals because the idea if you just have just like gauntlets that don't move and then you just force a magic user into them so they just can't move their hands at all. You just have them like stuck palm to palm in immobile gauntlets they ain't moving and if they ain't moving their hands at all they're not able to do any somatic spell casting is that enough to restrain a magic user no you'd have to gag them too yep can you tell me why because some spells don't need hand waving because some spells don't need hand waving so yeah it would make sense for any like just person or profession that does make use of restraints to just keep that kind of stuff in mind. You just should gag magic users. If you ha can have some form of just device that is able to just prevent somatic spell casting, is there an even lower tech option that might be in use for preventing somatic spell casting? Uh, besides a gag? Uh, somatic, the hands. Oh, uh, break your fingers. <laughs> uh, okay, I wasn't thinking in that direction, but yeah, you, you're not wrong. Technically, if you did just break their hands, 
or I guess if you really are that kind of uh, place, then go the uh, old-timey cut-off-their-hands route. Uh, you definitely ain't going to be able to do somatic spellcasting then. But anyway, but uh, less brutal way. If you just had just bandages or just some type of cloth where you can just wrap up the hands so that they just don't have that freedom of motion. So with that, like if you just had like a if you had guards just carry regular old manacles and bandages, you could use the bandages to gag them. You could use bandages to wrap people's hands and fingers. And just with that, you have made things exponentially more difficult to get out of for any type of magic user except sorcerers can you tell me why sorcerers are a particular pain in the ass uh having never played one really i have no idea all right are you familiar with metamagic at all i know it's a thing okay so metamagic is an ability that sorcerers get that allows them to tweak something about spells that they cast some number of times per day. So in particular, one option they have is called Subtle Spell, which if they do expend one sorcery point, then they are able to cast a spell with no verbal or somatic component. So there is no indication that this individual casts any spell at all. So even if you have them gagged, even if you chop off their hands, a sorcerer with subtle spell could still potentially escape. You know, especially if they do just have Misty Step, just bonus action teleport. Yeah, it's really difficult to contain a sorcerer. Although, actually, technically, it's pot potentially more difficult for anyone because in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, there's a new metamagic adept feat that allows any character to have access to metamagic. So, yeah, that's something that might be troublesome in a D&D world. Does anyone who has the ability to use subtle spell? Oof, yeah, that'd be really troublesome. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Anyway, 
So one last option of just something that I have for my world, and then we'll move on to magical options. So I mentioned Iron Hands earlier, where you just have the kind of palm-to-palm immobile gauntlets. But again, just in case of, you know, teleporters or just in case of certain other types of shenanigans, or just for brutality's sake, honestly, just depending on the person in place, there's a variant where the palm and back of the gauntlets have uh, open space that does not have any metal, through which an individual can just shove a spike through the individual's hands. Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, That got me more than it should, but yes. Ah, So that is the non-magical ways that you could potentially restrain an individual. And honestly, like even without any type of magic, like as I love magic, this is well known at this point in time. But like I do think that DMs should spend more time just thinking about the non-magical side of things, because again, like I just listed off what five or so just options on how to potentially make this more difficult without ever going into any form of magic. But I do love me some magic, so let's go on, go on ahead and move on to that. Uh, Mitch, are you aware of any of the just spells and items that might exist to be able to restrain someone? Besides Charm Person, no. <laughs> <laughs> charm Person still not necessarily going to do what you wanted to. Keeps them compliant. I mean, maybe. They regard oh. you as a friendly acquaintance. Hold it's not Person. Like there you go. Hold Person. Yes. Okay, yeah, that would do a whole lot more. So yeah, whole person, that'll, that would definitely do it. And honestly, there's so many spells that just do something related to that that I'm just not going to even go through all of them just because yeah, it just wouldn't be practical. But just take my word on it, there's a bunch of spells that are capable of restraining. The item front is where I actually want to spend a good chunk more time because a lot of people might know some of these things, but then they also just don't use most of these. I don't know that I've ever seen more items. Just most of the things that do exist don't get used. So the one that does get used is usually for other purposes, though. Have you ever heard of the immovable rod? Yep. That is a super fun item, and it is an incredibly flexible one. And honestly, the fact that this one does get used is for good reason, because honestly, it is just a fun thing to use. You can use an action to press the button on one end of this flat iron rod. It causes the rod to become magically fixed in place until you or another creature use an action to push the button again the rod doesn't move even if it is defying gravity the rod can hold up to eight thousand pounds of weight more weight causes the rod to deactivate and fall a creature can use an action to make a dc 30 strength check moving the fixed rod up to 10 feet on a success that is really fucking good and also just has the highest dc in the game with that dc 30 Not bad for an uncommon magic item. So yeah, for a couple of hundred gold, you can have an immovable rod. 
you could just have someone just tied with either chain, rope, what have you, and then just thread the immovable rod into the chain, or I guess just around, just connect them in some way, and then the person just is not able to go anywhere. Like, I mean, honestly, you could even just take it a step farther, and if you just had either two immovable rods or just make an immovable rod that is just U-shaped. Like, imagine if you just had just a giant U-shaped immovable, well, not, not even giant, but just like, I don't know, two feet wide with a bend that adds like an extra one foot. So it just kind of looks like a, you know, two foot by one foot staple. And then you just push the button when you just have someone held down on the ground. And then again, it's an immovable rod. So they will just be flat out unable to move because you basically stapled them to the ground with this thing. Uh, there's like, a there's... way to do that without a bendy one. You get them on the ground, you stick it in their mouth, and then you set it to not move. Yeah. Can't turn that's... your head, can't pull back. Yeah, that would be a pretty effective method, but as brutal as some of the stuff that I come up with occasionally can be, I do try to not start there. <laughs> most of the time. Oh, that wasn't even the worst idea I had. Oh, no. Go for it. Alright, so you get him on the ground, you stab him, you stick it in the hole, and then you set it. Yeah. Yeah, that would do it. Or I guess... Uh, God damn it. So it's Up on the, the mind now. Yeah. Just pull off a uh, Vlad Tepish. That would be horrifying. But they would not be going anywhere. That's for damn sure. Like, technically, like, there's a lot of stuff that you could do with that particular item. I mean, honestly, like, if you just, you know, got some form of just debris to hold someone down with and then just put the immovable rod on top, then that can just use a single immovable rod to restrain, honestly, just a number of people together could probably be held down with a single immovable rod if you just make use of just other stuff. Like, it is really fun item. Like, no matter how many uses you come up with, there is always more possibilities. Anyway, next up is an item called Iron Bands of Bellaro, or also uh, called Iron Bands of Binding, if you use the uh, non-proper noun version. This rusty iron sphere measures three inches in diameter and weighs one pound. You can use an action to speak the command word and throw the sphere at a huge or smaller creature you can see within 60 feet. As the sphere moves through the air, it opens into a tangle of metal bands. Make a range attack roll, yada, yada, yada. Restrained on a hit until you take a bonus action to speak the command word again to release it. Doing so or missing with the attack causes the bands to contract and become a sphere once more. A creature, including the one restrained, can use an action to make a DC 20 strength check to break the iron bands. On a success, the item is destroyed, and the restrained creature is free. If the check fails, any further attempts made by that creature automatically fail until 24 hours have elapsed. Once the bends are used, they can't be used again until the next dawn. And this is a rare magic item. So, can you tell me some of the pros and cons of this item? Well, pro, it's really hard to get out. Well, I guess that depends on what side of the chains around <laughs> con you got a way to day to use it again yeah 
So this is one that I would honestly say has considerably more cons than pros. So on the pro side, it is really cool that if you do restrain them, the fact that farther attempts automatically fail once they fail one check. Like every day, one check. So you can't have a creature just roll over and over and over until they succeed. I really appreciate that because that is often a pain in the ass. On the well, But then on to the con side, though. Well, first off, it's a DC 20 strength check. So it's the exact same as non-magical manacles for a fucking rare magic item. That's bullshit. And honestly pisses me off. The fact that even a fucking commoner, just because they have, you know, 10 in all stats, if they crit, they can just shatter this and just break it. I really despise that. That legitimately upsets me. Like, it'd be one thing if it was a just a DC 25. So that way you need to have some amount of significant strength or skill in athletics or some such to be able to break it. But yeah, DC 20 is just too goddamn low. But then also the fact that if they do succeed, they don't just prevent getting restrained, they break it. Period. Permanently. What the fuck? I I despise the fact that it is that easy to just accidentally break a rare magic item, something that should allegedly cost between 501 to 5,000 gold, and it's able to be broken with a single goddamn check. Yeah, you think I'm something like that would be like that. an uncommon at the most? I mean, that, like, or they just count it as a consumable magic item so the price gets halved that would kind of make sense but then that just gets complicated but honestly just don't have it get destroyed just have it be just that like again it's a magic item so if they're able to just escape with the check and then it just just don't have it break the damn thing that's dumb well, okay, dumb is maybe the wrong word, but it is an idea that I heartily disagree with. All right, theory. Maybe it's rare because everybody thinks it's dumb, so nobody really makes it. Yeah, except rare has a rather different specific definition when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons. Not rare in terms of how often the thing is made, but rare in terms of how expensive they are to buy and sell or make. Now I, I mean, like idea better. I do too, because that at least does make logical sense, unlike the it, the item's existence in the first place. So next up, we have another one for the list of things that I would like to see used more, which is the Rope of Entanglement. Rope is 30 feet long and weighs 3 pounds. Hold one end of the rope and use an action to speak the command word. The other end darts forward to entangle a creature you can see within 20 feet of you. They must succeed on a DC 15 dexterity saving throw or become restrained. Oh boy, shit. I just had a uh, realization that I forgot to talk about something very important, but I will just put a bookmark and come back to that in a moment. Uh, anyway, uh, release a creature by using a bonus action to speak a second command word. Target restrained by the rope can use an action to make a DC 15 strength or dexterity check target's choice. On its success, the creature is no longer restrained by the rope. The rope has 20 AC and 20 hit points. 
It regains one hit point every five minutes as long as it has at least one hit point. If the rope drops to zero hit points, it is destroyed. So this one also has the option to be destroyed, but that makes way fucking more sense. It's not just if it is done by a single check, but 20 AC and 20 hit points and it self-repairs, but if it's brought to zero, it's destroyed. That makes way goddamn more sense. Honestly, just freaking copy-paste that onto the Iron Bands, and it's a much more just reasonable magic item. On the downside, though, the Rope of Entanglement here does only have a DC 15 check to get out, which is kind of odd, because non-magical rope is 17. So that's a weird choice. And oh, and this one also is a rare magic item. So yeah, pretty neat, though, that the rope itself can just dart forward to tie around something. That's pretty neat. I like that a lot, actually. Now, the thing that I realized I was uh, not good in, I didn't actually talk about the restrained condition at all for any of this. So if you do just fully tie up something, there are potentially two conditions that might be relevant. So grappled and restrained are different conditions and do have different limitations. So technically, if you only have a creature's hands bound, they're not really restrained. Because restrained reduces a creature's speed to zero, and it can't benefit from any bonus to speed. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. And then they also have disadvantage on any dexterity saving throws. So if your speed isn't zero, you're not actually restrained. You'd more practically be grappled. So if you're grappled, again though, your speed becomes zero, and you're not able to benefit from... So it's not really grappled either, actually. Wait a minute. So what the heck? So there's basic... Wait a minute. There's no condition for someone who is just tied up. There isn't. I thought it would be grappled, but I was actually mistaken there. Huh. Okay. That's interesting, actually. So what do you think would actually be a creature's just uh, game disadvantages if they are tied up. Uh, I mean, I would think you can't move or really do much of anything. Well, let's say if someone's, if just uh, wrists are a chance, so just manacles. Oh. Like, if you're manacled, what would that do to you? Well, I mean, you could still walk. Yeah. Uh, depending on the type of manacles, like if you got like, what is it, fetlocks? Where they do the legs? Half speed, maybe? Something like that? But uh Yeah, but like if yeah. but if it's just wrists though, like that would still be very troublesome. So like that would definitely give disadvantage on attacks, it'd probably give disadvantage on any kind of climbing or swimming checks. But then if you also have the ankle kind of restraints too, like that yeah, like you said, half speed would be one way to do it, or maybe just give them like a you know, ten or twenty foot speed penalty just depending on whatever you want to do for your own world. But yeah, there is no canonical information as far as I can find 
about actual kind of status effects, though, when someone is restrained. Huh. All right. Anyway, uh, where was I? Rope of Entanglement. So technically, there's honestly, there's a lot more of just like individual spells and items that I could talk about, but that's more just kind of rehashing at this point. So in summary, the point that I just want to get across with all of this, tying someone up is a surprisingly complicated topic that just doesn't have nearly as defined a rule set as I wish that it did. But there are a lot of mundane and magical options that a dungeon master can make use of to add a little bit more logic into their D&D world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.